Do I sound good? Bro, you always sound good. All right, cool. <laughs> um, dude, do you think that things will ever not be scrappy? Like, just in general? Um, I hope so, but I don't think that they will come. Um, <laughs> but that kind of keeps us on our toes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just feel like how like the question for me is like how long do we have to do this thing before like we become pros at it but i guess like you and i both know that even in like production for photography or film it's 90 percent like just figuring out and problem solving for the things that go wrong and like 10 percent actually making things that we had originally planned for right yeah yeah and i guess what that's kind of the beauty of it i think and it can't, yeah, it's like you said, it keeps you on your toes and like keeps you guessing. But I, I guess the reason why we're talking about that is because um, we talked to, on this episode of Mouthwash, we talked to an awesome guest um, and things like weren't perfect. <laughs> no, it was like really hard to just get us all in one room because, you know, they were in Iceland and uh, Alex was traveling in Barca and I was like driving across the country Um like for a week so you know it wasn't easy by any means but we definitely uh wanted to do it and uh get it done Um, yeah and and then even when the day came to recording our guest was like recording in his bathroom in new york city because his uh kids were sleeping and his wife was sleeping and um we were like up on a friday night and abe's internet was like disconnecting the entire time and um i don't know i think there's like a the magic of like working through the rough that when things don't go right i think it's easy to give up but it was interesting to kind of like just push through that you know yeah it's like kind of like what you always say done is better than uh perfect perfect right yeah done is better than perfect and yeah that was like something that yeah because i think a lot of times as creative we get hung up on like making sure it's always our best work all the time which is like definitely a standard we want to shoot for but there's just sometimes we're like you got to just push through it because things aren't always going to be perfect, you know? Definitely. Um, but yeah. So I, anyway, who did we talk to? Um, I definitely enjoyed this and, and I think everyone else uh, will take away something from it. So, so yeah. Yeah. yeah we talked to this week, we talked to Solomon Lichem. I don't know. Lichem. Lichem. Which we learned was his last name. I know Abe, he, for you, he is like, seriously one of your biggest inspirations and for me um i have an appreciation from afar of how aesthetically strong and um how narratively his 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 work he's a filmmaker and director how his work is so strong in just so many ways like i just think he's one of those people that like knows how to make you feel something yeah and like just seeing his um career just kind of grow the 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 speed that that it has you know Right. From I remember seeing him from when he was just up at Hillsong and then um he just like slowly kept putting things out and now he's you know super respected in the industry and, and he's young. Um and I think he'll continue to, to keep pushing things and challenge himself and uh so it was really a pleasure uh to get to just talk to him. Yeah, for sure. So like I said, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did talking to him. Um I, I would say like it's not like a forewarning because this episode is definitely like 
it's a little bit different because it's a little bit more like question and answer as opposed to conversational just because we were dealing with connectivity issues and it was more like us asking a question than him answering and um there's a little bit of static going on in the background that we couldn't figure out for but like we said like there's a little bit of beauty and um the imperfections um but yeah we hope you enjoy this one yeah i can hear you can you hear me okay Cool. You're listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. Hey guys, it's uh, Alex and I'm here with Abe. What's up guys? Um, it's just us two today and we're talking to Solomon. Um, I want to let him pronounce his last name for you, you guys because we have it wrong. And I'm convinced that most people have it wrong. Um, so what's up, dude? Hey, man. How's it going? Um, yeah, so it's uh, Solomon and it's been pronounced. My last name is pronounced Lichtelen. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Lighthelm like the rest of us think. You know what? Like for the Americans, it can be Lighthelm. That's right. <laughs> it's super funny. Um Dude, uh, where are you uh, recording from right now? Uh, recording very proudly from my bathroom because I've got two sleeping kids and a wife that's about to go to bed and we live New York style, so things are kind of tiny uh, and it's kind of the only place where I can speak without being heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> or without waking people a, up. Right. You don't have like study a, or multiple office. rooms in a house or anything like that, do you? No, 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 I wish. No, I mean, it does exist, but not at my dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, we're super excited to talk to you, man. I I think uh, you're somebody that is incredibly influential in the the film world right now as a director um, and a filmmaker. And uh, I think a lot of us, even even for somebody like me who uh, I'm an art director and practice photography uh, full time, I, I really admire uh, some of the work that you've made and some of the, the ways that you've allowed me to look at film differently. Um, I know Abe has a ton of, of insight and perspective on that as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Solomon, for those out there that uh, might not know a lot about you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what's been keeping you busy these days? Yeah. I mean, uh, I can start from, <laughs> from the beginning, I guess. I, uh, I grew up in South Africa lived there from when I was uh, from when I was born uh, till I was 12 then I moved to Dubai lived in Dubai for another 12 years studied uh, audio engineering there um, obviously did high school and all that um, and then I moved to Sydney about um, about four years uh, sorry about eight years ago um, lived in Sydney for three years and then uh, moved to New York and I've been here for about uh, been here for about four years in New York City um yeah I'm a, i guess i'm a i'm a i'm a filmmaker i guess <laughs> I, I i it's 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 hard to kind of qualify because I, I haven't really kind of made a, a, a feature film um but i guess my interest lies kind of in the visual medium of 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 moving image um uh but i i work on commercials and and music videos and i guess i'm writing my first feature now and it's very exciting and it feels kind of new and definitely uncharted kind of territory for me but it's yeah so that's exciting for me 
did you always know that uh, you wanted to be in this industry or how did that kind of come about? No, I guess I just, I discovered my passion for it quite late. Um, I, I was 23, 24 when I realized um, this is when I started. I didn't even know when I started. I didn't realize or I didn't know that this is what I wanted to do uh, as a kind of a career path. Um, but I was always interested in film. Like I always loved film. Um, I remember I would always like make a point of it, like on rainy days, especially like, you know, to kind of snuggle up and kind of watch films and try and like have the, you know, the speaker system up um, to kind of really experience uh, the cinematic experience of, of watching a film. Um, and I think that's why I got into kind of music and sound design um, uh, even though I was kind of like doing band music, so to speak, I was like in, a, in one or two bands. Um, when I started getting into kind of that side of the industry, well, not in the industry, but it's just in terms of my passions, um, I, I was like, oh, this feels cinematic. This feels like a piece uh, of, of, of music that could live with the film. And then weirdly enough, that then got me thinking about, well, maybe I should pick up a camera um and try and kind of shoot something is about the time that the dslrs came out as well um and i was like okay maybe i should pick up a camera and just go shoot some stuff and and add it to all the stuff that i'm creating kind of musically and sonically and that really was the start of the process for me well it's uh it's quite a bit man um so when when did it kind of click for you that like you were going to go all into to to this um you said you you started in um kind of graphic or not graphic design but uh sound design sound design and uh even even kind of like special effects if i'm correct uh no uh music like music and sound design is kind of the starting point for me okay um because while it's correlated to filmmaking it's 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 uh, it's a bit of a jump um, to, yeah, to go from that to directing. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was. I think, I, I mean, literally, the the the, the path was um, uh, music. My interest in like, uh, um, I guess, everything from like like rock to like hip hop and things, more kind of uh, popular music, I guess. Or it was maybe even still like indie, but it was not like cinematic. Um, then into kind of playing by myself, um, apart from the band, uh, writing some things that felt a little bit more, I guess, like cinematic or felt like they could be pieces of music for films. And then uh, that interest uh, started kind of leading me into, well, maybe I could shoot or create visuals that could go with these pieces of music that I'm writing. And literally, that's what I did. I took some of these pieces, I put headphones on, I bought a uh, 7D camera. Um, just literally, I bought a ring for my wife. At the same time, I bought a 7D camera. Um, and I started shooting, literally just went out, like I was living in Dubai at the time, just started shooting what I felt could. And this, I know it sounds like such a backward, backwards way of kind of creating, but... Um, I literally just shot what I saw um, and what I thought could work with the visuals that I had in my headphones. Um, uh, you know, like 
put my iPad or my iPod in, listen to the music and started shooting with his new camera that I got. And, you know, one of the first pieces that I did that way became a staff pick and, you know, it's got like 8,000 likes and I'd never kind of, you know, it wasn't even a world that I was in, but that then became the impetus for, I guess, um, the journey now. I was so, I was so, it was the, the point of entry wasn't as hard as I thought it would be um, because a couple of years before that, you know, if you couldn't, if you didn't own a film camera, which no one did, it was so hard to kind of create uh, uh, anything kind of within the, within the uh, moving image uh, arena. So I feel like that's, I feel like that's a really interesting point because like, as like a photographer, I've always been very intimidated by film just because I always thought the bar for entry was so high. But it's interesting to hear you talk about how you just were inspired by audio um, to kind of create visual. And you were kind of just making with whatever you had. Because like when I started doing photography, it was just with my iPhone. Um, and then I kind of just did the same steps. So I just bought like a, a cheap DSLR and then kind of went to like a higher level. Um, but it's, it's interesting too, because I, I don't think I've heard of many people in film that have started like that and like even got like a staff pick on Vimeo um, just from like a seven seven D or a 70D or whatever you said you had. Right. Um, that, that's super, that's super fascinating to me. Um, do you, do you, so I have a question is, do you still find yourself um, creating um, and writing films um, inspired by sound and audio to this day? Uh, no, less so. Um, uh, I feel like the ideas, uh, the ideas these days are much more based on uh, concepts, um, especially when it comes to like music videos or commercials. Um, but more so, they really are connected to stories or characters. Um, uh, and it's definitely, I think, like even just having like starting the process of writing the feature um, and having written a couple of shorts now and really kind of getting getting into music videos. Um, it's ideas are, are are driven by concepts, you know, um, these days for me. Um, and I've I read so many storybooks uh, recently. And so just to kind of get my head into a narrative space that um, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm drawn to stories uh, these days. But again, it just depends on the format. You know, a music video is, you know, it's, it's sometimes about a camera technique, can be. You know, um, it can be about a single shot or one take, uh, you know, idea that you have. And so it, it really just depends on the format. But to answer your question, less so about it's less so for me about sound or, or music these days. But I mean, you still need in a music video, for instance, you still need a good track, you know, um, same in a commercial. Like you, you know, you kind of still need a good piece of music, if especially if the if the if the commercial is driven by by music or if it's kind of created with music in mind mm. you you kind of talked about your first kind of video you did where you won a, a vimeo staff pick i think i counted and you have a whopping 10 um is there any favorites or, or one that really sticks to your mind um when you're kind of looking back on some of the work you've done recently um i, I guess i have some films are kind of important for me for different reasons. I think one of one of the more important ones for me recently isn't a staff pick, um, but I think I think it means a lot to me just in terms of like 
what it's saying and also um, what I needed to do as a director and as a, I guess, as a filmmaker. It's, um, it's called Young Father's Toy and it's, it's a kind of a politically driven satirical uh, piece of, of, of film or of music video content. Um, and I think it was important for me because it was a statement on the current state of the world and our political leaders. Um, and also it was important for me because of tonally it was something that I hadn't done before, uh, both in like uh, its sense of uh, comedy and satire. Uh, and also visually it's kind of restrained to like, n you know, there's no handheld in it. Most of it is sh uh, like 90% of it is locked off. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to do something that was kind of funny, um, but still had like an underlying um, serious uh, tone in it uh, just because of <laughs> the the subject matter. I mean, it's kind of more absurdist in, in a way, um, mm. but I felt like that was just an important kind of step for me to take because I don't have stuff on my reel otherwise that's like very light uh, in tone and, you know, as much as you can call that light, it was lighter than some of the other stuff that I've done. Um, and then the other, the other pieces, again, the other Young Fathers music video, which is called Mr. Martyr. And I think it was kind of part of the journey of me realizing the type of stuff I really want to do. Um, and, and I think it was one of those first projects where I realized I like telling stories that have a sense of reality to them uh, and that have a sense of um, uh, kind of visceral um, visceral energy to them, and that, but at the same time is human and is sensitive um, and, and, and is telling a story of people kind of dealing with questionable um, morally and ethical kind of questioning questionable um uh behavior um mm. and have to, and have to wrestle with that you know um yeah i think yeah i think those are the, the, the types of stories that interest me nice do you are you uh are you are you still shooting a lot of commercial work i do i do i think i don't know i feel like maybe for me my um the the road that I've kind of been traveled on is maybe different for a lot of other people because I think a lot of commercial directors kind of start off doing music videos and then transition to commercials um, because music videos are usually like low budget and then, you know, companies see what guys can do in commercials and then they hire them, they sign them. Mm. Um, but for me, I kind of... I did a lot of kind of art format agnostic things in the beginning. Um, and then that got me signed. Um, and then I was like, well, I really want to do music videos. Um, and it was kind of hard. Um, no one would really kind of give me a music video. And what I did is I did a, a music video for a track that like basically for two tracks that are very old. <laughs> um, yeah. But I kind of... Uh, self-funded them or help uh, uh, had a couple of people help me fund them and i used those um to kind of draw the music video work, work and it and it worked you know so mm. now I'm, now i'm really doing a lot of lot more music videos which is fun like yeah i get to kind of stretch the creative muscle 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I think it's I think it's interesting too because a lot of people. I, I think it's cool because like a lot of people enter and doing music videos, and a lot of people think that like they're low budget and they're scrappy and all these things. But I think it's interesting to watch your kind of career path, like um, where you've really gotten to practice and hone on skills in other areas, and then make um, music videos almost at like a premium or like quality level. Um, I think some of your recent stuff has is, is, been awesome, but I think the re- I think one of the reasons why. I asked about commercial work is we, um, I, I like this interest in people who are somehow able to, um, convince, not even convince clients. And maybe it's not, wasn't a lot of convincing for you, but to, to shoot something like the, you know, the Valvoline spot a few years ago, right. or however long that was, is like, you really were able to do that in a style that is not commercial. Right. Like that wasn't, that's not a commercial that I've ever seen before, but right. it, it was the coolest thing ever. So like, how do you like really sell that? to somebody well i feel like part of it kind of has to happen um somewhat serendipitously um i think um a lot of clients now try and recreate that or have me recreate that um but they're so (laughs) tight-fisted like Mm. there's a lot of clients that seem to like what we did with valvoline um but then when it comes down to like actually allowing us to execute it in the same way that we would need to. Um, it tends to be quite difficult and the trust isn't always there. Um, so for me, for me, basically that was that those were six different 15 second spots. Um, and basically I, and it was a five day shoot on, on, on a very tiny budget, like really, really tiny. And we shot in LA. Um, and, out of the five days, three of those days, we were shooting stuff that I didn't like to shoot. It was just like very corporate, um, you know, um, just, yeah, just like really not cool stuff. And then two of those days were really cool. You know, like everything, everything that is in that film uh, in those 90 seconds was shot on those two days. Um, but what, what was really important and I think mm. what allowed for the film to kind of have that aesthetic was that we told the client that, we're not doing shot lists. Uh, sorry, we're not doing storyboards. We're going to do shot lists um, and really allow a certain kind of amount of spontaneity. And I think that's what you get. Um, that's how you get a project to kind of feel alive in that way. Um, and I realized, I've also realized yeah. now when clients say they want that, like there's a certain way that I'm going to have to operate and I have to sell them that way of operating um there's a style of shooting that they need to be fully on board with and i'll write that in my treatment uh, basically saying like look i'm not going to give you storyboards mm. um i'm going to give you shot lists um, we're going to go handheld for most of it um and you kind of start to set an expectation for the way you for the way you work and it's like they have to buy into that and you're kind of like yeah like <clears throat> you don't really have any other choice like if i think it's i think it's interesting to like to all the time clients will come to us as creators and say, we want, we want you to to provide this service to us because we've seen what you've been able to do, but then they don't really let you control the variables and let, and, and which allows you to create that. Right. Um, and, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, the, the way you kind of like write that up is like, we, I, I've experienced it all the time where it's like, we, uh, and, and you and I were just sort of talking about that um, just a minute ago is like, 
I, I think for a lot of um, clients, like their their favorite time to decide that they don't like the creative is after the project's already been done or like on the day of the shoot or two hours before the shoot, um, those kinds of things. So how do you kind of handle like those situations where you're just like, you know, like things like you, you it, it's funny because there's like this, for me, there's a constant fear. It's like, all right, like the clock's ticking, like when are, when are they going to decide they don't like this, you know? <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, to be honest, like, your comebacks have to be so strong and, and, and you just have to convince them because the thing is you have to convince them of, uh, of the way that has started to run its course. Um, because if they backtrack, you know, a couple of hours before, there's no way that you can make this new direction better in the time that you've been given, you know, like, and so, so for me, I'm just like, hey, guys, we've committed to this decision. Mm-hmm. We, we have to continue going. And you know that the project is going to suffer if we change course right now. Right. You know? um, and, and I've just learned, honestly, I think the thing yeah. that I've learned, I was chatting to a friend of mine, Dandy Felice, another director friend of mine, about this today. And I was just saying, like, sometimes you really just kind of have to go you know for the sake of the project you kind of just have to put your foot down and and because especially if you care about a project um kind of put your foot down and go hey guys like i know this is what you want right now but actually the ripple effect or the domino effect of you insisting on something like this right now is actually going to spin the whole project out of control um and and they just need to know that you know and 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 hopefully you can kind of win the battle uh, that way but this whole our whole job is 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 a game of um trying to tell people politely um that that um the reason that they have brought you in they have to allow you to be able to create within that uh within that world because otherwise there was no point in them bringing you on because if you can't create um you know taking their their mm-hmm. feedback still being collaborative um but if you can't create uh in that way then it's hard for you to own a project and if you don't if you can't feel like you own a project um which i think is necessary for any creative is that feeling of ownership if you don't have that it's really hard to kind of engage um and mm. to keep fighting for things that you believe is actually going to make things better you know and usually usually very early on you can figure out or before you sign on to a job you can have a gauge of like people are generally going to be on your side or against you and i think if if people are not on your side then i think it's the the best for all parties involved to go hey guys maybe this maybe this isn't right like i want to serve you guys well but also um you know it it needs to be my vision and how I see the project needs to be something that's respected. And if it's not, then with all due respect, I'm probably not going to be right for you guys. And I don't want to frustrate you guys either. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think along with all those things too, uh, one of the things that I've, I've definitely learned in, in pitching or um, trying to like sign somebody on is that like um, we, we have to like really have justified creative decisions. Like I think a lot of the times we get caught up in like making things because they're cool or they look nice or um, aesthetically like this is, this feels good. But I think 
where we fail maybe in, in a world where like there's so much things being shared online and we're just kind of copying each other whatever the the, the reason for it is is that we don't a lot of times we don't justify our creative decisions right. and therefore we don't have trust or right. confidence from the client um in a lot of ways it's so important it's so important to it's so i can't tell this enough as a director it's so important to be able to back yourself and if you can't back yourself mm-hmm. and this is the thing that i've realized is um, totally. Some jobs, some jobs you can allow as a director, you can afford to compromise like 70 or 30% and you could still walk away with something that um, is good. Like for instance, on Valvoline, if we had compromised on three of those days, um, three out of those five days, then the project could still come out good because you, you're just shooting so much that it, like it, 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 it's, and it's and it's a vignette piece so each right. piece of the puzzle is different you know you like here you're working with like these three people then you're working with these other two people and it's like it's just a bunch of puzzle pieces um however um i just did a commercial right. where um it was casting and it was a story um and uh you know i was casting for uh, a, a film that needed to make narrative sense and if I didn't cast the right person. And if I didn't fight for that right person, if I lost essentially 1%, if I compromised on 1% of what that project was going to be, the project was going to be ruined. It was going to be gone. And so that, that fight is worth it, you know, to make that film better. Um, and so it's just, yeah, understanding how much you can compromise on, on a project before it's ruined, before it's gone. Um, so some jobs aren't worth fighting for like all the time and other jobs really are worth fighting for every, every, you, you can't lose ground on like one inch because if it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> and, uh, Solomon, one of the things I wanted to touch upon since we're on the, uh, valvoline spots, uh, you talked, um, in a article with music bed about kind of, you battled with the like beauty fatigue, um, and uh, that kind of made it come about differently. Um, so like, how was it differently, uh, I guess your approach to that spot, whether it be technically or just, uh, the way you kind of put the puzzles together when you guys shot a lot? Well, I think, I think that project in a way, um, I didn't, I did, there wasn't much of an intentionality about approaching it differently. I think it was more, um, resources and time dictated that we shoot it the way we shot it, which was handheld and very kind of spur of the moment, shoot from the hip. Um, but we planned it out properly. Um, and I think serendipitously there was um, the project kind of worked in a way. Um, and that's when I realized, well, actually, I, I need to, I need to, I need to kind of count that as part of my process because there's something quite magical uh when when you don't have a lot of money you don't have a lot of time but you kind of shoot not being precious uh you shoot not having storyboards it kind of creates a certain style of project and i was like i i I like that style of project and so it was more like a discovery process than a like going into it that way um and in a way, I had done like a documentary before called Rocket Wars um, that employed kind of a similar, uh, not necessarily aesthetic, but a similar kind of way of shooting. Um, 
and and prepping a, a job. And I think those two projects, uh, and then I guess like Mr. Martyr kind of came after that, but those three projects were like, okay, this is the way I like to work. I really do like to work um, uh, not too structured, like not having, uh, you know, and it's kind of a part of my um aesthetic i think there's definitely a part of my aesthetic that is very structured and i really enjoy kind of shooting a very structured way um but it was kind of an interesting process of discovery uh, like Valvoline rocket wars and mr martyr where i was like man i really like this way of working would you say that your work has kind of been building towards each other like it it because it's changed a lot from i remember like 2014 when I first saw your work right um where you're shooting a lot of you know even stuff for Hillsong uh, now where you would go to like commercial work for like you know car car, uh, brands and now you're doing music videos um has it kind of like led you through a path or how would you best describe it yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to kind of qualify the journey in a way uh, I guess or describe the journey um, but I think, like, I think every artist or every person that is into some sort of kind of creative expression, like, will evolve throughout time and kind of figure out what they like and don't like. I think the thing that I've realized about myself is that I, I enjoy things that have a sense of, like, emotional honesty about about them uh and i also like things that feel very visceral um and um and i also like things that feel very kind of um uh that feel like they want to that feels like they want to say things about um where people are at um and so in a way um trying to trying to have a piece of work describe where we are at either as kind of a a collective as you know like i think toy did that i think uh our features in baltimore was kind of taking a snippet of where we are in time um so, so it's kind of hard to for me to kind of pin my aesthetic down to one thing um but i think those two or three things are you constantly see in my work there's i guess like a sense of viscerality in it um, there's a level of kind of emotion in it, and at times it can eschew kind of uh, political or topical. Um, but I think within that, uh, you know, it can be, you know, it can be controlled, or it can be messy, or it can be funny, or um, I think uh, the tone of it can kind of change. But I think those are the things probably that I'll ca- kind of carry into my feature as well. I think I mean it, it, it is <laughs> what I'm carrying into my feature at the moment. Um, is there a reason you waited kind of like this long in your career or uh, to to do a feature? I know a lot of uh, film filmmakers that I personally know kind of tend to do it pretty early on. Um, just kinda- bro, I look at his work and I'm like, man, this dude was built for a feature. Yeah. So I would be interested to hear what that is too, as yeah well. i think we're all kind of like on our toes like when you drop that just how it would look <laughs> <laughs> um i think for me yeah i mean there's been there's been projects that have kind of come in um 
But I think the thing that I would say is that I always wanted to have the first feature be my feature, something that came from me, um, something that is um, that has been birthed through something that I've been struggling with or working through or is an expression uh, of of me um and some of the scripts that i've seen i've got you know especially in 20 like in the end of 2014 beginning 2015 we i started seeing script with my friend dan who I made a project who i did a couple of projects with um we started seeing scripts together and they were all kind of very sci-fi driven scripts um because we we'd work on this short film called anomaly um and I think we both kind of realized that it's not necessarily a genre that we particularly, I, I guess at that stage of our careers, um, that we were particularly drawn to because every time we read these scripts, these scripts kind of felt cold. Um, they didn't have a humanity to them. Um, and I think we also just realized that, you know, like especially for myself, I realized that these weren't scripts that, that, I was kind of drawn to um, because, yeah, there was no, there was kind of no heartbeat that we could relate to um, in the scripts. And I think then, you know, I started getting into commercials and didn't see as many scripts. And now I'm really kind of seeing a lot of scripts come in. And now the scripts that I'm seeing come in is actually they're really good. Um, but I'm also still really wanting to have my first film be something that came from me because then I'll be able to back it emotionally. Um, I'll be able to stand uh, behind it. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I think, feel like the film I'm working on right now, that I'm writing right now, is something that I'm just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really connected to it. Do you think, is there something in movie, I know with, like, A24 kind of, like, releasing really awesome, um, you know, Things that like visually, I think it was like things have like definitely stepped up over the past few years, and, and you probably have opinions on that as well. Do you think? Do you think like your, um, like when you watch movies or you see films that come out, do you think there's just something that's generally missing? And do you think there's like a trend that like films and directors are following right now that are just like, man, this just ain't it. Just this just ain't it. Like everybody's just doing the same thing over and over again. Is there something that is there like a goal, or like a gap, or like a hole that you see is missing right now in films? Well, I will say this. I think that um, I I miss the films of the like the eighties, the nineties, and the early two thousands. Um, I think there are some amazing films right now. Um, uh, like a lot of the stuff that A twenty four is doing is amazing. I like I love them. They're my favorite company. I would say, or one of my favorites for sure. Um, and they're all. What I would say is like all of those films, they're like very weird. And I feel like, you know, if you, if you can do anything that's weird, um, uh, then you probably have the chance of like, if you can do anything that's weird or topical, um, then, you know, then, then it feels like you, ha you kind of have a clear path. But I feel like there is a section of, uh, of, the industry that has died uh, and I'm kind of saddened by it because I've been watching a lot of films from the nineties, like training day and uh, heat and all these like studio classics. They're like, I, maybe some of them are independent, um, but there are these like maybe like 20, $30 million films um, that were 
kind of really about people you know they like they weren't too weird or trippy um but you just don't get them anymore you know um like and and i guess that like those are kind of the films that i that i wish still existed um but you know the industry evolves and kind of changes and and i feel like i'm gonna make a film that's you know that's maybe more like one of those like earlier films like the 90s or or 80s um but let's see we'll see <laughs> yeah and th- yeah that's super interesting I, I think i think a lot about um <clears throat> i just think like creative industries in general like are very quick and apt to just follow trends as as anything is um like we just see like especially in photo or design like it's just like just waves of trends just like everybody kind of doing the same thing over and over and over again um for like a period of 10 years or something like that i think decades are like a pretty good measure of that um so i'm just curious as like as far as like you um you know wanting to write features and things like that just being like man there's a yeah like just wanting to write features and just thinking like there's something i could be doing a lot differently and it's cool to see that you're inspired by things that were old and i think that's how we see right. trends come back around it's like somebody we forget about the things that were good back in the past you know we get bored with them or we get tired of them or we tire them out and then we try to move on to something else but yeah it's interesting well i think i mean for me it's it's i always the thing that like the thing that sometimes like is is uh, a debilitator in the creative process i feel like is to always do something that feels like uh, it's never been done before, um, and 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 I think um, mm. I've just I think with especially with the feature I'm just like I'm not even like looking at anything particularly I'm I'm literally just going like what is a story that I connect with because that's like for me for me I'm I'm emotionally stimulated I'm not mm. intellectually stimulated. Um, and so, um, you know, I know a lot of other people that are different. They like, they right. need their intellect to be stimulated. And, you know, like, that's maybe why Nolan can make the films that he makes. Um, uh, you know, there's other filmmakers like that. Um, but for me, it's like, I need to emotionally connect with something. And then that becomes like the, the genesis of, of where my ideas start to formulate. And then whatever shape those take, they, they, they take, you know, like I try and, kind of figure out ways. I think what I'm trying to do, at least with like my film is like kind of try and make a film that feels that, I don't know how to how to say this, but I don't feel like there's a lot of young filmmakers um, that make films that, that have a raw emotion. Um, like I feel like there's a lot of film, young filmmakers that make really cool films um and that make films that um i don't know how to how to maybe why do you think that is i don't know there's a there's a fascination at the moment with things that are very cool and i think we're all guilty of it i I certainly am guilty with it uh guilty of it um do you think it's like a do you think it's like a jump route to success almost like do you think like people see these things and like man this person like is kind of getting famous or they're popping off. So like, I got to do what they're doing and they're kind of missing the narrative portion or the, the, the feeling portion. Well, I think, I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe like the end of the 2000s, so like maybe like the mid to 20, 2015, I think things just became really like maybe with Instagram and everything, things just became cool very quickly and everything just became cool and every brand was going after what was cool. 
Um, you know, and, and look, there's no problem with that. Um, but I think now everything really is starting to kind of look and feel very samey. Um, and I want to blame Instagram. I don't, I don't know. It's probably not Instagram's fault. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly not Instagram, <laughs> but the culture around it. Yeah. Uh, especially with like everything, everything tending to fashion and hip hop at the moment. Like that's just, maybe it's just my world and that's what I'm seeing. But you know, it's like, if, you, if you're not fashionable or if you're not in the hip hop scene, if you don't, uh, you know, kind of hang in those crowds, then then you're not cool of, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so you, I feel like you're definitely seeing that in kind of the music video space and in the commercial space, I feel like maybe in features, there's like, you still have like monks and Jedis and Yodas that are kind of pure and kind of, you know, tell stories that matter. Um, but I feel like, I, I, and I don't want to sound jaded at all because I think there's still there's still art that exists uh, or expressions that exist that feel pure, and I and, and I also don't want to sound jaded because I I'm, I think I'm guilty, um, but I think if I'm aspiring to anything I'm I'm aspiring to 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 say things that mean something at least personally to me, uh, and hopefully that isn't just um, that isn't just uh, some regurgitation of cool you know. Yeah, just something that looks cool, right? Um, kind of, kind of jumping back into young, young artists or young filmmakers. Uh, you and I were kind of just riffing on this before, like while we we're having technical difficulties, and we're st we still are. So hopefully, all, all this goes well. But <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious as to I was I was having a conversation the other day with a, a photographer, and he was just talking about how like one of the and this and this might I don't want to like get too sidetracked or too. Um, derailed from the, the normal conversation but he was just saying one of the most like uh, overlooked parts of creative is is refining our relational skills and and being a likable person um mm. being somebody that is enjoyable to work with because if you think about a film set or a photo shoot or um anything like that it's like you're spending 12 hours at least a day with this person right um right and and sometimes the character or um the um my ability to, to want to work with you or listen to you talk or, you know, take command from you. If, if I feel as if that even goes further than maybe somebody else that's more talented, I think there's a little bit more value there sometimes. Right. Right. The thing is, I, I feel like I will challenge that notion a little bit um, because um, and it goes with what I was saying earlier. Um, I think sometimes I come from South Africa and South Africans are generally um, generally want to please people. Like we are, a, we, we like to please people, but we are also, we're kind of like the Dutch in that we are also at the same time, uh, we don't really give a damn or it appears, or it appears. <laughs> so like, you're saying it's like fake? Well, it appears like we don't give a damn, but actually we do care. For some reason we appear very stubborn Um and maybe we are somewhat, but we actually do care. Um, and so, and I feel like that sometimes gets us in trouble. Um, I feel like that gets me in trouble um, a lot. Um, because I actually do think that if you care too much about what people think, um, it can actually be a little bit dangerous. Um, just... 
obviously you want to be a good human being and you want to build relationships that hold, uh, that can hold water. Um, but, um, and this comes back to the conversation we had earlier about clients and, and uh, why clients hire you. And, and sometimes they can derail their own project uh, because they don't trust you. And I have had to learn to put my foot down on set and appear as someone um, that, you know, is, is, is being difficult or, um, you know, uh, is asking a lot. Um, but if I don't do that, um, it, 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 it's it's often hard to actually give the clients what they want in the end. Um, uh, and so I'm not saying don't be a nice guy. I, th I think you're always trying to kind of look for, um, for ways to, um, to collect. I, I think that what's really important is collaboration and is actually to make sure before you go into a project that you have uh, art directors, uh, uh, creative directors, executive creative directors, and clients that are actually on board with what you want to do. And there's a mutual, um, you're on board with what they want to do. Um, and I think that's the ideal situation to kind of go into. Um, but inevitably what happens is you kind of find yourself having to kind of fight against um, uh, what they want uh, in the moment because you kind of see the whole picture. You've kind of sat with this baby the whole time. And, and honestly, sometimes clients and agencies don't understand production as well yeah. as you do. Um, and so, you know, simple things like, hey guys, if we, if we do five more takes of this, you're not gonna get the shot that you want in the storyboard um, later on. You know, like, it's just like, right. like they don't understand the sacrifices. In no, which, no. Yeah. And so you're not trying to be a nasty guy, but you sometimes have to be that guy in order to just get the job done. And so it's like, you know, no one, no one likes upsetting other people. Like I, I really don't like it, but I think sometimes if you pander to always just be a nice guy, um, it, it, it will start to take its toll on what you can deliver creatively and, and the job it actually can yeah it kind of it kind of sounds like it can get you in trouble almost to the point where you're like you're you're yeah like you're you're kind of settling you're you're settling the creative in a way where it's exactly. like oh no like, exactly exactly I'm trying to be nice and please everybody but we didn't even actually get the shot <laughs> i would even yeah. say like specifically for a director where like you, you kind of have to be um in a way like selfish just because it you're 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 steering the ship, right. and uh, it's it's easy for it to go right. off track if you, right. you kind of let let go of the grip. Right. So, uh, right. I mean, literally, you're you're the one holding the whole project in your head. You edit. I'm cutting it as as I'm shooting it. I'm cutting it in my head, so I know when I've got the take, and I know which pieces I can use. And if if they're telling me like, no, keep shooting this and this and this and this, um, I'm going like, guys, okay, cool, but I'm not going to use that in the edit, so we're wasting time, you know. And and the thing is, you have to go and deliver that first edit. But again, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like uh, you know it's 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 all difficult i think sometimes i've uh, you know i clients and agencies make you also not blindsided to things you might have missed that's definitely you know that's that's why they're there um but i think it is a careful balance it's definitely a careful balance and if uh, sometimes it comes off as like uh maybe you're offending someone um i think in the end the work will speak for itself and and things can get hashed out but but 
it's it's almost like impossible to be a director and not offend somebody at some point. Yeah, I <laughs> I think I heard a great quote. I can't remember. I'm trying to think what film it was from. It was <laughs> for some reason I was watching American Gangster the other night, and um, <laughs> one of the uh, one the the Italian mobster tells um, uh, Denzel Washington's character. Um, you can either do something worthwhile and have a lot of enemies or do nothing and have a lot of friends. Um, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of true. It's kind of the inevitability of, 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 of doing something that will be seen uh, and that will, um, you know, have some attention on it. Often means you have people that just don't like it or they don't like you. Or, and it's just part of the process it's like growing up to be an adult and realizing yeah. look, everyone's not gonna like you or love you and that's kind of part of love and it's fun. yeah I, yeah i was about to say I, I think we i think we get so caught up and even in the it it's interesting that and even the point that i brought up now that i'm thinking about it it's like the everybody's like kind of view of the industry now now that they know and that they've heard all the podcasts and they've heard all the interviews it's like oh like be a good person and work hard and i will get you all the work and almost like kind of leaned too far to that side, I guess, almost in a way. It's like, well, is the work actually speaking for itself, you know? Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that actually you actually challenge that, um, which is cool. So do you, so do you find yourself at this point in your career, like seeking, seeking more people, like people that you know and you're comfortable with or like just straight up talent? Like, are you just trying to go for the best? No, I think uh, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I think I can now, honestly say that i i just want to keep working with people that i've worked with before um right uh, and it's not because you'll 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 likely get the same result or a better result because you're going to keep growing with them you guys are going to keep working together yeah so you, you just also start to realize what you like and this sounds i don't mean this arrogantly i i just mean to say that i think you start to realize um the your process and which people um are in synchronization to your process and of course there's going to be people that i'll work with in the future that um you know that that i'll be surprised with them that i really like working with but i also this is also one thing i really do believe in and i i do believe in being loyal um and it's something that i think uh, i don't I feel like maybe in, in, in some ways, um, you know, I don't want to be guilty of, and I'm sure I, I've, I've, I have been guilty of, but I do think like, I want to keep working with friends, essentially. I want to keep working with people that I, I, I essentially like share my life with, you know? Um, right. and you know, it doesn't have to always be like that. Um, but I think it's just something that like, I've been, working now in commercials for like three years and i feel like this journey can be so lonesome sometimes that i just want a partner you know like a re like dps that i can call friends i kind of want that partnership these days um it's really important um, talk about talk about I, I didn't mean to interrupt you but i i, I don't want to forget um talk about uh, the the parts of the, this career or this path that you think is lonely i think that's interesting well it's um First of all, the experience of prepping a job and pitching a job is very lonely. Um, you, you you know you're working for two to three weeks on end, uh, 
or maybe like two weeks trying to pitch a job and then you're working for three weeks prepping a job or two weeks prepping a job and that's you know you're probably working with a producer you've never worked before uh you're basically working with no one you've worked before um because it would be a, probably a producer production designer all these people are often very new and then you arrive on set and maybe it's a DP you've worked before and it's like one person, maybe two people you know that you've worked with before, but sometimes it's like the everyone is new. Um, right. And then you go into post and maybe it's an editor you've never worked with before because the agency said, no, we do want to work with this editor, especially in the US. And then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you've spent time with so many new people. Um, and then, you know, especially if you get to edit, you're sitting alone in a hotel room while you wait for the edit house to open and then you go to, I mean, I'm I'm yeah. also like, I'm not a very like uh, social, like go to parties type of person. So like, I like yeah. my space and um, just that sense of like, you know, if, I, if I'm in a new city, I'll go and like check out the city, but I, I'm not a, you know, I, I just not, I'm not that way. Why I'm not wired that way. Um, so it can end up being like a pretty kind of lonesome kind of journey. And I, I you know, I'm there's not, nothing depressing about that. If you know how to manage that, I can, I can, I feel like I can totally manage that. Um, but it is just part of the job in a way. So, um, kind of talking about loneliness, you, you have a, you know, got a wife and two beautiful kids um, one of the things I always find interesting with directors is how um, not all of them, but the few that do are able to manage career and family, you know, especially in an industry where um, it often leads to selfishness. Um, how have you been able to kind of balance that work and um, okay, I home think life? It's, I think it's a challenge. I mean, it's always a challenge. It's constantly, um, it's constantly something to work on. It's not easy. It's not an easy, uh, it's not an easy road. I think uh, I will say f from my standpoint, um, we're trying to make it work um, all the time. I think my wife's very gracious and I don't say that to her enough because, um, you know, we, we live in New York. Our families uh, don't live here, so she doesn't really have the support and she has to kind of often just take care of two kids alone and that's tough. Um, so in all honesty, I think it's really hard. Um, there's many times, you know, where where I'll be on a job and I'll, I'll get a call from her and she'll be in tears saying like, this is really tough. Um, and you know, the last trip I did, I, I flew back earlier because, um, the kids, it was just tough to manage. Um, and so I, I came home earlier than I expected I, I would. Um, and that was just to make it, to make it work, you know, and, and, and to, to kind of help be a support because of, um, if I'm not here, I'm, 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 you know, she has to carry it alone, and, and that's often not fair. So, it's really tough. <laughs> um, but I think there is a, there is a sense that this is also a season of life, um, uh, and I, I want to make it sustainable. So I, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. Um, but I think features is a part of that because. Then I'm away for a month and I'm working on that film for a couple of months while we're editing and I'm prepping that film for a couple of months while, you know, we're setting it up. Um, whereas commercials, I'm, you know, half the year I'm gone. Um, so, so right. yeah, features, I think, is something that I kind of want to work towards um, just, you know, on a family level as well. 
yeah, that's probably a little bit easier to manage your schedule in a lot of ways. Yeah, right? I, I would, I would, I would imagine slash hope so. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you talk about. Uh, I just think that like I, I look at my own life and think about how many hours I like put into work, or like sometimes I'm on set, or like just. I, I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm single and so I don't really have anybody to look after. And so I think that the whole like family aspect is just throwing a whole nother wrench into the, the ball game that I have no experience with. Yeah. 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 But, look, I, I, yeah. I, it's not impossible. I personally, for me, I'm, I'm kind of thankful that career and family kind of happened at the same time. I think it would have been more difficult for me partly because like the thing that i mentioned i'm i'm afrikaans um my heritage um and we're kind of a stubborn kind of headstrong uh people many people might might not like me for saying that but i think history <laughs> uh would would prove us uh prove us as such um I, and i think if i had started career before i had family i probably wouldn't have had a family um and so I'm kind of thankful that it, it happened the other way because, you know, honestly, my, my family is 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 my unit, you know, and I feel very protected in a way. Like, even though I'm the, the provider and the protector of the family, I it's kind of a really kind of close-knit unit and, and, and it's it's something I would never wish away. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Sal, uh, kind of as we wrap up, uh, one, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, you kind of grew with, your career grew with your family, but uh, what is some advice that you can give some some uh, young people wanting to get into the industry, uh, not just career wise, but just like uh, life wise? I think it. I mean, I think the most honest advice I could give is that it's really demanding. Um, it's it's it. It just it can take it can take a massive toll on you, but it's worth it. You know, like especially if you have if you have stories and ideas inside of you that. Um, that that you can't help but tell them or create them, um, but I think that always has to be held in held in tension with um, with your life and your family. Like I think one of the things one of the things that I've kind of really um, been, I guess the word is convicted or felt kind of in my in my soul and my spirit that I I, I want to be much better at is. Um, it's really easy to for your ambition to kind of we see this a lot i mean we see this with a lot of celebrities and it's really easy for ambition to kind of take hold and, and you start to neglect um either your immediate family your wife your kids and that happens all the time with the levels of divorce that we see within um celebrities and and professionals that operate kind of in this um capacity and, but also it's just like your mom and your dad and the friends, you know, I've lived in now four different countries. I've had friends in South Africa, I've had friends in Dubai, I've had friends in Sydney and then I have friends here in New York. And it's really sad to me when I lose contact with friends from either of those places. Um, and so um, it really requires a lot of work and effort to try and keep those relationships going because I think it's it's really hard when you when you kind of feel like your career is doing well, but all those relationships, um, you know, are are, are distant. Um, and I think I've tried to over the last, 
I would say probably the last since January, I kind of had a like a just a wake up call. I went to a friend's wedding in South Africa, and I I wish we had been closer than than we were. I mean, we were you know we were still really good friends, and it, it was kind of like back to old times. But I was very aware that seven years had passed, and we hadn't really kind of seen each other or spent intimate time together. Um, and I was like, I, I don't want to have that happen. You know, I kind of. I kind of want to keep a lot of my relationships strong. And it's really tough. It really is tough because what also happens is like when you start to have, uh, you know, some sort of uh, success or whatever, whatever measure that is uh, in whatever industry you're in, your, your world becomes slightly bigger. And it's hard to manage your world becoming bigger with uh, people you don't know. So like, strangers or acquaintances and you know wanting to go for a coffee or um you know uh or whatever and then still or even just writing emails back to people and then still managing keeping all those friends kind of close um and i think that's something that i've i've had a i've had kind of a struggle with um and and one thing that i started to believe and a friend kind of challenged me on it is i I kind of thought that you can either be liked by strangers or loved by family and friends. But I think a friend of mine told me, no, you can do both. You actually can have both. And I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like from my experience, you can't, that you can't have, you know, you can't like keep family happy and friends happy and strangers that you don't just kind of have them like you, you know? But I think there is, it's this thing that I was saying earlier is you to be liked by everyone is just, it's a, it's a kind of a futile, you have to be okay with some people not liking you, you know, and you have to treasure and work at the relationships that are important to your family, your close friends. Um, and then, you know, everything else is, is a bonus. And if there's people that don't like you along the way, then that's just life. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering if, um, you know, with all that to say, um, is there, are there any, I know you said you were talking about your, your feature that you're working on. Um, what's like the, the long-term goals, the long-term goals to continue being a director, uh, working on. Features? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I think it's like, it's not just features. I think it's like whatever, wherever my interests may lie, you know, like I, my interests right now are definitely features, but at the same time, my interests are music videos and like, go and shoot a short film like a random like short film uh, idea next week just with a friend um and just picking up a camera and shooting whatever i feel like like honestly like i feel like yeah. I, it's wherever my curiosity lies i kind of want to go there you know um there's like a potential 21 savage uh like documentary thing uh as well yeah. and it, for me honestly it's like it's i don't think i'm just going to be like doing features after i do my first feature i think like i still want to just like be able to pick up a camera and and because i i'm like investing into like i've got a 16 millimeter uh, ra416 i'm like looking at buying a a sync sound um 35 millimeter camera um and then a high speed 35 millimeter camera um like film cameras um just because i kind of want the ability to to kind of no one be able to not tell me 
no, you can't shoot film on this, you know, and then, and then I, and then I'm at the power of someone else. Um, and right. so, you know, I, I feel like me buying my first DSLR and then I bought a red and now I bought a 416, 16 millimeter camera. I'm going to buy a 35 millimeter camera. And all of those investments have been worth it because, you know, like I, I've been able to kind of do so many passion projects uh, over the last year mm. because I kind of have a lot of this stuff at my disposal. Um, and it's all those passion projects have brought in all the commercial projects. Right. And, and I'm sure that in turn it allows you to make better work. Yeah, well. for sure. I mean, it, it helps me to experiment. It helps me to kind of play around with ideas and, um, you know, like sure. I did that Bear Cubs thing, uh, the music video that I did uh, recently. Dude. I just gotta say that video is so sick. That the sh the shot where the dude is like floating in the middle of the air is like mind blowing. Oh, me. I appreciate it, dude. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. it was just one of those it was one of those projects where I like I heard the track. A friend played me the track uh, on a commercial, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is amazing!" And then and and then I was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do a music video for it." And he had like he had like like Bear Cubs had like not a lot of followers on Instagram, and he was like just starting to get some groundswell um but the track was so insane and i i approached him and i said can i do a video for you i'll do it free of charge and i did um and, and nice, did that for young fathers did that for medicine and it makes a difference to what then comes in uh, outside of that so for me like passion projects they're everything they're everything yeah that's awesome yes i mean it'll be It'll be, it'll be good to see like watch you progress and grow as an artist and um, super excited and as much as I would love to talk about personal projects and how that kind of keeps us alive um, I think we're definitely running out of time and kind of fighting through these some technical difficulties so um, yeah uh, dude it was so great having you on thanks so much and uh, Abe and I both like really appreciated the conversation the things that you had to say thanks for letting us into your um, some of your insight and, and some of the things that you've learned along the way I appreciate it. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Sorry yeah. if I rambled, but <laughs> no, man, it's, good. it's better to have a guest that talks more than uh, somebody that doesn't. So right, it's all good. Yeah. Um, for all of you listening, uh, we'll be putting the links uh, to Solomon's work and in, um, in the bio below. Um, somebody that we definitely recommend checking out. Um, somebody that is definitely inspiring and influencing a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of like the motion arts and just and and even in other ways too. Uh, um, photography and design i think there's a lot of like influence that is good to be um attracted from that so thanks again man appreciate yeah, man. it thanks guys thanks for having me have a good night yep. you. you as well have a good Thank one you, man. much love see you thanks again for listening to the mouthwash podcast for more information you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com